about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. It's called All In, All In with the Lord. And uh, every week we attempt to get a little bit more All In with the Lord. My name is Art Cardos and I welcome you to join me as I get into the Word of God. And uh, in so doing so, um, get closer to the Lord. Get All In with the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit talk to us. You know, we're alive in a time that's pretty unprecedented unprecedented you know we are just if you're alive right now that's because god has something for you to do he's got a calling on your life he's got a a very specific plan for each one of us the question is will we will we get to do that plan will we allow ourselves to follow the lord in such a way that we will be able to find the path that he has for us so in thinking about all these things, you know, one of the most important things is to be successful in any area of your life as a demonstration of God's power. God's power is should be so obvious within us that others get to see it, that others get to benefit from it. So today let's talk about it a little bit from the sense of what does God want for you? Does He want you to prosper? Does He want you to be in health? Does He want you to do better, do more? I know one thing for sure. When you have very little resources or money, it's hard to help other people. But when you have more resources or money, it's a lot easier to help other people. Now, of course, that's providing that in our minds as Christians, we have gotten to the place where we say, I'm a giver, and I, I am a Christian, and I'm looking for opportunities to give, to sow. You know, we talked about the kingdom of God and how it works. We did that last week. We've been doing it. And the kingdom of God is a system that God has arranged. But for each one of us, we have to learn how to implement that system. And how do we do that? We do that by, by our giving, by our sowing, by our investing in others that the Lord wants us to do, or give. And you say, well, how, do, how can I do that? Or, well, first of all, money is the easiest thing because you can apply money to any circumstance, not all because of the heart condition, but any circumstance where people are hurting physically or they need help with a home or a car or paying bills, obviously money can help. But other ways of sowing seed or giving, your time is very, very valuable. Your time is valuable. How is that valuable? Well, you only have so many hours of life on this planet. And if you knew what day you were leaving, you could actually calculate the hours left for you to do anything on this planet. The hours you have left in your earth suit, 
So what is an hourly rate for someone in an earth suit worth? Obviously, if your earth suit is worn out and you're someone that needs a lot of body parts, you might be trying to get those body parts from other sources. And we, we pray and hope that you'll be blessed with that. And then you may just be praying for God to restore your body parts. But regardless, those parts are irreplaceable and very valuable, which means your life, every hour that you're breathing on this planet, is extremely valuable to God. So, if you invest a couple hours a week helping people for Jesus or doing things, that has a value to it. You need to put that value on it. You and the Lord can determine the value of that, but our minds need to be aware that we are valuable. We are extremely valuable. One human soul, breathing and still alive on planet Earth, has an amazing hourly value to God. The question is, what are you doing with that hour? How are we investing it, or how are we wasting it? Today, it's very easy to turn on, I used to say the TV, but turn on the Internet and get sucked in. You watch one video that you think you were interested in, but before you're done, it's got you on bunny trails all over the place, watching something you never intended to watch, but it was all part of the strategy of, you know, sucking you in. And, and that's what happens, and our time gets used. Now, obviously, you need a certain amount of time for yourself. You have to eat, you have to get dressed, you have to take care of yourself, but most importantly, you need time to pray. And you need time to start your day functioning by putting God's Word in, so that when you need it, God's Word comes out. You know, whatever comes out when you're tired or frustrated of your mouth and of your heart is usually what's been put in there. So by putting God's Word in more and more every day, you have an abundant supply of His Word ready to come out when you need it. When somebody cuts you off, or when somebody uh, does something that isn't, wasn't something you'd like done, okay, and you want to get mad at them, but you don't. Because you know by getting mad at them, you lose your anointing. You lose your blessing. You lose what God has planned for you. So the most important thing excuse me, is to get what God has planned for you working. So you have your time to give, you have money to give, and if you don't have enough money to give, get more. You say, what do you mean by that, Art? Believe for it. Believe God for what you need. So let's say you ran into somebody who can't pay their bills and you don't have enough money to give them. You can now believe with that person for what they need to pay their bills. Isn't that what believers do? We believe for things. We activate faith. We don't stand there going, oh, man, man, I'd really like to help you, but I can't. And, you know, I, I'd really like to give you food, but I can't. I'd really like to help you with this or with that, but I can't. 
And what happens is we walk away sad, but the real problem here is that we should have enough abundance as a leader, as a Christian, that whenever someone needs something, we have a resource available to help them. And when we design our lives to live that way, God begins to bless it even more. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about what they call the Beatitudes and going through all these different things. And one of them is that when you lend to the poor, pray that they can't repay it. Well, man, I looked at that and I said, wow, I never saw it like that. I never saw that if they don't get to repay me, God has a chance to get involved and give me a hundredfold return on that. As long as I don't get mad at them and judge them by, you know, by saying, you owe me that money and you better get it paid or I'm going to take you to court or I'm going to do this. I'm going to Because then we're in unforgiveness and we're in judgment and God can't bless us. But if we stay in the spirit of God and when people can't pay you back or can't help you, but you have the ability to help them and you do, you have an opportunity to be blessed mightily. So, as we prepare our hearts for being blessed, we need to become a blessing. So we have money to give, time to give. How about a word of praise? Can you give a good word to someone you don't know today? Or to someone you've been mad at? Or upset with? Or maybe they aren't living life the way you'd like them to live it. Can you call them up and say, Hey, how's it going? I just want to tell you that I believe God loves you so much, and, and I just pray for you every day. And I just called to see how you're feeling, how you're doing. Is there anything I can do for you? Wow. Are you kidding me? Is that something we're supposed to do? Yep. It's all these different choices we have every single day of our life. As a businessman, there's people we have as clients sometimes that aren't the friendliest people to work with, but they're clients. You take their money and you exchange work with them. You give them the work that they're paying for. Well, what if you give them more than they're paying for and do it as a consistent effort? By giving somebody twice what they're paying for, do you think they notice? Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that you notice. What matters is that you and I give, and it shall be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. So in my business, people pay for a service of getting people on page one of Google, and they do it on a monthly basis. And it can get expensive because there's a lot of work involved. It could take three to four hours <coughs> per client just to get one video uploaded properly. <clears throat> so if I know a business needs help and they can only afford a certain entry level fee, what I do is simply double what I'm doing to them. That's my choice. They don't even know it. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with me and the Lord. If the Lord tells me, this is someone I want you to help or bless, we just double up the work. Does it cost me more money? Yep. Does it cost me more time? Yep. Am I doing it for them? Nope. 
I'm doing it as unto the Lord. I'm doing it as unto the Lord because the Lord asked me to do it. He asked me to be a giver, a sower. So, we have different ways that we can give and sow. And we have to always, I think, check in with the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to do? And when you get a clear answer, and you will, it'll be a yes or a no, or maybe for a period of time, but not forever, that you're supposed to do something. It's no different than if you find you have a lot of time on your hand and you have a car and somebody needs a ride to the doctor, then you may volunteer to take them to the doctor. That doesn't mean you're going to take them forever to the doctor. It just means that time. Now, you may volunteer more often, but that's part of our giving, see? So your time, effort, energy. I keep a log of all the giving. I look for the opportunity. Oh, boy, I can increase my numbers this week if I can give this or sow that. And I have a goal every week of how much I want to give away in time, energy, and money. So I look for the opportunity. So when somebody crosses your path that needs help, you now have, or should have, on your mind, wow, what an opportunity. What an opportunity for me to get involved helping them. And uh, that, to me, is how the kingdom of God operates on this planet. It operates because we operate it. We activate it by being kind and generous and loving and caring. If you're someone who needs to be loved, well, you need to be loving. If you're someone who needs to receive more, you need to be giving. If you're someone who needs to be smiled at and talked gently to, then smile at others and talk gently to them. Whatever it is you need, give it away to others. It's a law. It'll come back. Press down, shaken together, and flowing over. And that is an amazing, amazing uh, way to receive from God. So each day, you and I have an opportunity to start this day in a way that says, how are we going to bless someone today? Now, what are we going to get? And I know we have a lot of petitions, and that's good. You need petitions before the Lord. You need to know what it is you want to pray for. Because when you give, you can name your seed. What do I mean by that? I mean... A farmer doesn't just go out there and throw all kinds of seed in a big pot and throw it out and say, let's see what grows. He puts corn in one place. He puts potatoes in another place. He puts tomatoes in another place. He puts whatever. And he doesn't grow the watermelons with the corn. Okay? He doesn't do that. It's all different. He keeps track of his seed. He knows the soil he planted it in, because some things require different soil. He knows the location, I would hope, or you lose your crop. 
He knows what he fertilized it with, depending on what he's, what kind of seed. There might have been some spray necessary to keep the bugs off. So the farmer spends a whole lot of time and a whole lot of time and money organizing his garden. So should you when you sow your seed. We're all farmers. But the kingdom of God is as if a man planted a seed in the ground. And it grows. And he waters it. And the weeds come up. And he pulls them out. And he waters it. That's how the kingdom works. We talked about this in the past. We're talking about it now. But now we're talking about naming seed. So, in money's case, it's very easy with money because you can name it. Like if, if you sow seed to a ministry or, or an individual that just needs help. Let's say you gave somebody $100. Well, you could say, I'm sowing this $100, so I receive more $100. You could, you could do that. That's a seed. But you could name it and say, I'm sowing this for the car I want, or for my debt freedom, or for whatever. I, 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 whatever you need, whatever your goals are, your dream, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to give them to you. He just wants you to use His system to get there. And His system is the giving part. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over shall men, and I added, and women, bring unto your bosom. So, here we are in the mode of giving. If you're going to give time, you can translate that to dollars and say, okay, my time's worth, just for the sake of the, saying it, $100 an hour. So if I donate three hours, something to drive somebody somewhere, somewhere to wait with them and an hour to bring them back, I have a $300 value if I'm valuing my time at that. Okay, what's one life worth? Remember we talked about your life, what's it worth? Not what the minimum wage is. What's God's wage? What, is, what are you worth being alive on planet Earth per hour to God? You should work that out with him. He'll give you a number. So you keep a ledger. So Monday, here we are. Let's put Monday, whatever the date is, the year, today. This is what I did to sow. Tuesday, what I did to sow. Wednesday. And then maybe by Friday, maybe you're up a few hundred bucks. Maybe you're over a thousand. Maybe you're over ten thousand. Or maybe you're only at fifty bucks. You can determine your own bank account, and you can name that seed so that God can bless you. And how would you know, how would a farmer know, if he planted all this corn, he, if he went out there and he cultivated the ground, planted all these seeds, and forgot where the field was, or forgot that he planted it. So the corn would grow. It'd be, it'd be ready to harvest, and the farmer wouldn't show up. Well, well, what happens to believers? They don't show up to the harvest. 
and the fruit rots in the field. Why? Because they don't either feel like they deserve it, or they don't understand how the kingdom works, or they refuse to use faith to get it. Something. But so you can't be the farmer that forgets where his field is. If I sow something and take the time to sow it, I don't care if it's $10. And there's a lot of times where I might have given hundreds of dollars to causes, but there's that one more. And I can only give them $10 right now because I've already given 1000 or 500 or 200 or whatever the case might be. But I got $10 more and this guy needs it. That $10, remember the, the little widow's mite? She gave more, Jesus said, than all these other people because she gave all she had. She gave out of her need. So it's very important for us to each know that this day we have the opportunity to sow seed. And we can sow that seed in a very confident way as a farmer, not wasting it and not losing our field, but knowing right where that field is. So the way we do it is you write it down. Say, okay, I've invested so many hours, or I've given so many dollars, or I've spent, I spent 20 minutes building up, praising someone who was an enemy of mine, and I, 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 I'm forgiving them, and I'm sowing seed into this kingdom. I'm doing it because I was commanded to do it. I'm doing it because Jesus said to do it. Did he say that? You might ask yourself that question. So I'm glad you did. Let's, let's read some of, um, right now I'm in the book of John, and chapter 10, and we're going to start at, at verse 7, okay? Then Jesus said to them, so this is Jesus talking, Most assuredly, I, I want to try to put a little uh, emphasis on this, like Jesus is, if he's saying most assuredly, he's not saying most assuredly, he's saying most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. And we'll talk about the sheep as we go through this. I'm the door. Most assuredly. Don't get confused here, buddy. I am the door. That's what he says. All who ever came before me. That means all the prophets. All the false prophets. Anyone who came before me, he says, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. So anyone who said they were the Christ, or said they had um, a better way to get to God, who was a false prophet, or a in today's world, you hear this a lot, well, I get there another way. I, I You know, there's the, all these principles of success out there, and I use those principles of success, and I get there by using the principles. And yes, certain laws work. What goes around comes around. What you give, you receive. It, it does work. But 
Jesus is saying, if you're not seeing him as the main doorway, it's a thief and a robber that you're working for, and probably everything's going to get stolen. So let's read that again carefully. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. So the people called by God didn't listen to them, but others did, no doubt. So he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, Jesus, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Pasture. What's pasture? Pasture is plenty to eat for the animals. They're in the pasture. And the grass is growing. And it's green. And it's rich in vitamins. There's pasture. So what he's telling us is with all the deception out there, on all the laws of success, and all the ways that people can try to short-circuit the system by not using Jesus, he's saying... There's only one door, and he's the door. And you'll always be able to go in and out, in and out. What does that mean, in and out? In and out of where? In and out of the world. You're in the world, but not of the world. You're in the world, but not of the world. So you'll be able to be in Christ, walk into the world and do business, and walk out to your pasture and relax. Because Jesus is the door. Jesus is the door. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, a lot of people reverse that and they say the thief comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. It doesn't say that. It says the thief comes to steal first, to kill, and then destroy. Okay, so what does it mean, steal? What is he stealing? God's Word. So when you find God's Word, and you begin to use it to believe for something, immediately, in Mark 4.11, it says, immediately the thief comes to steal it. And that's what he's saying here. He comes to steal the Word. So let's say somebody, you just went to a prayer meeting and somebody prayed over you and they prayed and you believed you were being healed or blessed financially and you go, praise God, I got that. And you walk out the door and immediately you're bombarded by people or banks or whatever that make you doubt that you still got what you prayed for. Satan came and stole that word right out of you. He stole it. And then what happens is you become, if he he can steal the word, you become hopeless. If you are hopeless, then you will be destroyed. So we'll go more deeply into this. I've only read two lines of this scripture, and we're out of time for this first segment. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to break, take a commercial break. I want you to pray for the people who you hear being sponsors of this program or just on this station. And I want you to contemplate who God wants you to help and pray for this day, not even tomorrow, 
this day, that you hear this, you're going to find somewhere that you can sow time, energy, praise, or money, and do it by naming your seed and believing and trusting in God for what you want. Because you need to make a list of what you want so you can name your seed so God can get it directly to you. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. Right after these messages, we're all in with the Lord. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back, and we are all in with the Lord. I hope you stay with us on this program. I hope that maybe it just rattles your cage enough that one thing sticks. And, uh, you know, we are in a moment of time, I believe, you know, where we are right now on God's time clock is about to transfer great anointing and blessing to the church. To the, to the body of Christ. When I say the church, I don't mean the churches. I mean the real, living, breathing people that represent Jesus on this earth. There's never been a more opportune time to evangelize, to bring people to the Lord. God may have you talking to someone every day, encouraging them. Don't get weary about it. Don't get tired of it. If that person keeps calling you back and they need more information, give it to them. If they need to spend longer talking to you, spend longer talking to them. Pray with them. Invest in them. And take that little ledger book that I talked about and put your hours down. It's okay. It's between you and the Lord. It's nothing else. You're not waving it in front of people and saying, look what I'm doing, look what I'm doing. This is for your mind to understand that every second of your life matters to God. Put a value on it. It's more for you and me than it is for God. God's keeping track. He will bless you. But it's He will bless you faster if you keep track. It's because you're purposing in your heart to do it. And there's a difference when we do it haphazardly. So it's like I said with the farmer. If he's just out there haphazardly flipping seed, well, we'll see how this land over here does over here. Some of it will grow, and you'll get some return. But when you take care to plant properly, to cultivate the ground, to fertilize the ground, to water, to weed, and all the things necessary, then the seed can really grow. So God wants each one of us to reap a hundredfold return. That would be his ideal scenario. Why? 
His ideal scenario is if everybody who accepted Jesus and got born again would recognize that the same power that got them a free pass into heaven, the same power of the anointing that's on Jesus that got them the freedom from their sin, also got them healed, also got them wealthy. What? What? Yeah, now yeah, that's what I'm saying. The same amount of faith when you accepted Jesus in your heart, that little mustard seed that went in there, starting to grow a tree, okay? And you have a lot of old trees in there. There's a lot of dead wood inside of each one of us. They have to be uprooted. Jesus said he will uproot them. His Father will uproot every tree. So whoever you thought you were, that's getting uprooted. This little mustard seed's going to take over. And every year, every day, every year, you'll become a little bit more like God. And that's the way it works. But we have to allow the faith to grow. We have to cultivate it. We have to do this on purpose. We have the purpose in our heart that we want to please God and serve Him. Will you fail? Of course you're going to. Huh? Yep, of course you're going to fall. Of course you're going to fail. Of course you can't do it on your own. That's not the point. The point is God will lift you up if you keep trusting in Him. I trust in the Lord. So yesterday you messed up. Yesterday is yesterday. Today's today. Get back to sowing seed. Get back to naming your seed. Get back to investing your time. Get back to looking for people God wants you to talk to about Him. Because there may be only a, you may be the only person that can get to the people who He's placed in your sphere of life to bring them to Christ before they leave this planet. And how sad would it be if your next door neighbor, someone God put right there in front of you, you got mad at and said, I'm never talking to them again. Satan would be thrilled because there's no way you're going to spread the gospel to them if you're not talking to them. And what a fine example of forgiveness you are. Ha! Huh. You know, Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross and forgave you of your sins. It's time for us to realize that whoever the people are around us, we are the body of Christ. We are the ones that are supposed to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Not the churches. The churches are the te teachers teaching us. And all of us who aren't preachers, who are just people, business people, whoever, are supposed to carry the gospel of the Lord all over the place. And then the end will come. It'll, we'll preach it to the ends of the earth. So we're in that moment. And we are in that right exact time right now where God's love is being poured out on his body of Christ. So do you want to be a part of it? You want to talk about it? Or you want to just watch it go by? And then when you get to heaven, you go, boy, I was right there. I could have did that. And it's too late because all of eternity you'll go through realizing I missed this by this much. I could have done this. And it affects your eternity because it affects your mansion that you're going to live in. It affects your crown of crown that you're going to have on your head with all the different 
rewards. It affects everything. It affects everything. So let's get back to reading the scripture because I did start. I only got two lines in. We are in the book of John, chapter 10. And uh, I only I got up to verse 9 where he says, I am the door. This is Jesus talking. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. So Satan comes immediately to steal the word, to steal your hope. The word is your hope. Without God's word, you have no hope. And then if he can steal your hope, not only will he kill you, he will destroy you. He'll destroy everything you built, destroy your family, destroy everything. And then Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. Who's they? You and I. The sheep. I have come to bring you life, is what Jesus said. I have come that they may have life. And here it comes. Are you sitting down? That ye might have it more abundantly. Abundantly. If you're someone that thinks you're supposed to be broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, you better take issue with this word. Because God says he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Look up abundantly in the, in the uh, dictionary. What does it mean? To lose? To lose all you got? No. He came that you could have life and have it more abundantly. Don't take issue with me. Take issue with the word. Jesus said it. This is red print. If you don't believe it, then you're missing the boat big time. God wants to bless you, and he wants to bless you today. 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 Okay, let's read some more. I have come that you might have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Not the bad one. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He did. But he who is a hireling or not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. So the leaders, <laughs> sometimes you can take this as political, but the leaders who are saying, yeah, they're my people, they serve under me in this country or whatever. But if all of a sudden they're being attacked, who do you think they're taking care of? They're taking care of themselves. And they run and hide, forgetting all about the sheep. But Jesus isn't like that. He's not forgetting one of us. He's taking care of each one of us. But he who is a hireling and not the shepherd, one who does not own the, she does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. So Satan's mission has always been to have wrong, false people leading the sheep. Then he could come in, disrupt the leadership by getting them in some kind of big sinful thing or catch them doing something wrong and publicize it, and then all the sheep scatter. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus is here to bring us life, 
and bring it more abundantly. He's the good shepherd, the good shepherd. Okay, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus came to lay his life down for you and for me. He came to lay it down. This is this is very important. <clears throat> okay, and the sheep I have, which which are okay, as the Father knows, even though I lay down my life for the sheep, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. So when Jesus came, he came initially for the Jewish people. He came, but all the other sheep, I'm one of them other sheep. I mean, I, I think, I mean, we heard his voice and we go and we follow him. Bring, and they, and I must bring them also, I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So all those who were outside of Israel, outside of the, the blessing of Abraham, outside of all that, we are now all one flock. We are one flock. Jesus brought us all together. He brought us all together. And I'm fine with that. I wasn't part of that, what they call the root. You know, I wasn't grown in there, but more grafted in as, as someone else who heard the word. We hear the word of Jesus. We accept it. And uh, we receive a hundredfold. So we're coming in with him. We're part of the flock. My voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life and I might take it again. <clears throat> that I might take it again. I laid it down, but I'm going to take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. <clears throat> I have power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. <clears throat> this command I have received from my Father. Jesus is pretty strong on this. And he, he, know, he knew who he was. He knows who he is. And he laid his life down for the flocks to come together. I couldn't be here as part of a team for Jesus if I, wasn't, if I didn't join the flock. And I joined it the day I said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter what your past is. Doesn't matter what denomination you came from. Doesn't matter what religion you profess to be in. But now you're changing flocks. And Jesus becomes the door. That means from that point on, you're not going to pray to other gods. You're not going to pray and try to short-circuit the system. You're not trying to to use laws of physics to get the kingdom working without the door. Go through the door, because it's the name of Jesus that gives you the power to receive from God 100% of the time. He paid the price for our sins. He laid down His life. He descended into hell 
guy was 33 years old and had all this understanding. Do you think if he didn't lay it down, he'd have been dead? No way. The apostles were following Jesus the week before, thought they were going to take over the world. People, Hundreds and thousands of people were following him and praising him. When he went in to Jerusalem on the donkey, man, they're laying things down to walk on, palms. I, I think the apostles just thought, man, it's only a matter of minutes. We're taking over. Caesar's gone, man. They're going to take over everything. This Jesus, everybody wants to follow him. And, of course, we know the story one week later. So, what are we talking about here? Jesus laid it down. He didn't have to lay it down. He could have taken over and the apostles with him, but that would not have brought the flock into the kingdom. That would not have brought us together. That would not have given us the ability to operate the kingdom. It would have made him king, and he may have been able to live forever, but he'd have been apart from God, just like Lucifer. So he laid down his life so that we, and I'm going to go back and read that again, he laid it down so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. More abundantly. Don't get your brain confused on this. He wants you to prosper. He, God wants you to prosper. Let's suppose you're somebody that has prospered. Maybe you have millions. Maybe you have billions. I'm going to tell you right now. God wants you to have that money. He wants you to have more. But he wants you to sow seed into his flocks into his work, into his kingdom. He wants you to sow into his kingdom to help spread the gospel. So all that money won't get you in through the door. It won't. There's only one door. His name is Jesus. But, and that's what happened with the rich young ruler. What did he say to that guy? He said, to the rich young ruler, he said, you, he said, the rich young ruler said, I, I've kept all the laws. He said, you lack only one thing. How would you like to have Jesus say that to you? That there's only one thing that you got not right. That's pretty, I would say, that's pretty amazing. However, the one thing was a big thing. He said, sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. Come follow me. Well, we know how that story ended, if you read the Bible. He walked away sad. He thought he could just keep all his security and still follow the Lord, and probably would have financed a lot of stuff along the way. But Jesus, knowing his heart, said, you're still trusting all that money. It's easier for the camel to pass through the eye of the needle than for the rich man to enter the gates of heaven. Because you're trusting in all of that wealth. You've got it all right, except for the one thing. I need to get you not trusting in the money. If I can get you not trusting the money, then you have it all. Now, the other part of that was, if he would have done that, what would you think would have happened? If he would have taken and said to his servants, okay, Let's get all my stuff together. Let's sell it all. 
let's get let's convert to cash and let's sow that seed to the poor as jesus said now he jesus did name the seed didn't he and so that means the poor the opposite of poor is rich so the seed would have made the rich young ruler richer rich there's no way if he took every dime and sowed that seed, there's no way it would not have come back a hundred times. However, it would have come from places he didn't know where it was coming from. So therefore, he was no longer trusting in his bank account. He was trusting in the kingdom to produce whatever he needs today. And that's where all of us are now. We need to learn how to trust the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. You know, it's interesting that we, I don't know if you do, but at my age, I do. I get people every day wanting to say, uh, say you're invited to a free dinner where we can tell you how to save your money for that rainy day or invest it or place that money somewhere where it's safe and you can have it in the day that you need it. And I, I'm, I think about that a lot and you think, okay, why do they want to teach us how to do that? Because guess who's holding the money the whole time you're waiting to use it? They are. All they want is your net worth in their bank. Yes, they're going to pay you an interest rate, but they got that money for how many years? 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? They don't miss the fact they have the money. And they're paying you a small percentage of it. Nobody ever gives us courses on how to get it out debt-free or tax-free. Because it's always like tax deferred, put it in, you don't pay tax now, you pay it later. But when you take it out, don't worry, somebody's waiting to count how much you took out. The state, the government, they want accountability and you will pay some form of tax. So let's talk about that. Let's suppose you invested, and I know this sounds crazy, but let's suppose you had a nest egg saved up of 500000 400000 300000 from all your years of working. And you think, man, I got all this money. I'm in good shape. You're still going to pay. You're paying the whatever. You're making a little money on it. It's growing. It's growing. And the financial guys won't like what I'm saying. But let's suppose we take God's kingdom and we invest the same amount of money that we invested there into God's kingdom, and God returns it, not 5%, not 8%, not 12%, not even 20%, but a hundredfold return. And he returns it to you in a way that it's not taxable, because it's not counted in the world system. It's counted in God's system. God has a way of doing that. Now, am I suggesting you don't save money for the... You know, no, I'm just telling you, you can do both. And don't be so led by the world 
that we don't realize you must sow seeds. You must give. Jesus is the door. We go in through the door. We sow seed wherever he tells us to sow. Name your seed. Keep track of your seed. Know when it's time for harvest. Call for the harvest. Dispatch the harvesting angels to go get the harvest. And praise God that it's already done. And watch the windows of heaven open and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. Pressed down, shaken together, and flowing over. Well, I don't know about you, but this simple scripture verses here from John 10, verse 7 through 11 or 19, it is, are very powerful. He came to give us life, bring us life, and give it to us more abundantly. Do you feel like you're living a life more abundant? Or do you feel like you're always running around chasing after, chasing after the, you know, the dollar or time or your health? So, we need to stop chasing after it. Start sowing seed. We need to sow our way out of whatever situation we're in. Find someone to bless. Find somewhere to sow. Find fertile ground. Good ministries that are doing good things that you can count on. Or just people that God sends you to that need assistance and help, love, caring, And you become that door with Jesus in their life by bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ right to them. Because that is what we are to do as the body of Christ. Now we're out of time, and I pray that this week for you will bring opportunities to give and to sow like never before. Myself, I can't wait to see what God has in store for me today and where I can sow seed. So have a great week, and until next week, I'll talk to you again, and we're going to say stay all in with the Lord. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time.